Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the creep. Oh, wait. Someone got on to us on... This is funny. Uh, someone got on to us. And it sounds like he's a pianist somewhere in oh, Mead, yeah. uh, where they do afternoon. He texts me. He's like, Jen, were you having afternoon tea in Mead this Sunday? And oh, I yeah. was like, no. And he was like, <laughs> oh, dear. Then someone who sounds exactly like you was in there having afternoon tea. And I was like, oh, yeah, doppel, whatever. And uh, then he was like, then I... Because I'm a, I think he was a pianist in the... <laughs> So then he started playing. Just say pianist as much as possible. He was saying he started playing on his piano, uh, "Creep," and <gasps> yeah, tried, I was, was like, g- g- looking for a reaction. <laughs> Is that the funniest shit ever? And I would like, have loved on a that. video. Were you witnessing this on a video? No, no just he emailed him saying, Jen, "Was that you?" Because he must have played like looking over, going. <laughs> I'm waiting for a response. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fucking amazing if you were there and you heard that? And you were like, "That's amazing." Yes. Anyway, it wasn't me. So the whole thing was a, a waste. Wait, was it, hang on. Was it definitely Meath? Meath. Wasn't Leash. Because mm. I was having afternoon tea Wait. in Leash. I'm nearly positive I said to Seb, that guy is playing the creep. Well, that means radio. that he thinks that Heritage is in Meath. Or you're me. that you are Jen. Whatever, he just recognised a voice. Well, we're just sorry, privileged white women. Like, we all sound the same. Like, Welcome to the Creep Dive. Speak for yourself. That's Jen O-D-W-Y-E-R. With the deep voice. Cassandra Lorraine. Deadpan. Deadpan Cassandra. And Sophie's the excitable one. Sophie, well, <laughs> voice talent white. Did somebody say that about me? No, but I did when we were in Cork. I did hear a great story that I can't believe I forgot to tell you at the time where one of our uh, one of our listeners was in a car and was like, oh, you know, when you're in a car with someone and you're going on a road trip, and you're like, oh, can I put on a podcast? Well, they were doing that about the creep dive. 
And you're one who was introducing them to the podcast. I was like, can I put on a podcast? And it's a bit weird. It's a bit creepy. Don't know if you like it. They're from Dublin. <laughs> Real Southside Dublin accents. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be great. And then she was like, oh, but we enjoyed it anyway. And I was like, that's fantastic. <laughs> For the record, I'm from Dublin Southwest. I know. I love the way you immediately were like, like, this is Sophie who's fucking gotten us, us this reputation. Oh, I thought it was the two of you. Even though I'm Easy. South City. I'm just South County. You're, so, you're South County. You're, you. you're the solid. It's you. I don't fucking care. Everyone has to be from somewhere. I think I, fuck I sound way fuck more dirt line than you, though. Whatever. We are who we, we are. We just can't help it. Like We um, cannot. Do you, can I say thank you to... I mean, there's no chance Bernardo's are listening, but Bernardo sent... Bernardo's personally phoned me. Ah. I know. And I presumed it was a problem with our payment for our Christmas Christmas. And was scared. I was like, oh no, I feel like I've already paid this. Why are they calling? God. They're calling to thank us. That's so nice. Do they listen and to then the they episode? send oh, no, me sure a letter. And I feel like I want to kind of frame it in the studio because it's very special to have like Bernardo's thanking the creep dive. Actually, <laughs> little. Uh, please do so. Yeah, so let's, nice. let's frame it in here. What, <laughs> and so they, they just rang to say thank, well, thank you guys, really. Is, yeah. Is to, if you came to the Christmas creep, totally. all of the money uh, yeah. And it was a shame actually because we had an issue with the recording equipment that night so we didn't release that episode that's not a shame there was some really un Bernardo's <laughs> friendly content in absolutely there. yeah there was very <laughs> dark I think it's that was one of those things um, anyway we've got another live show coming up there this Sunday so exciting can't wait to see everyone second of Feb we'll see you there we also have some really exciting patron news yes will so, we say it up top housekeeping up top we haven't done that in ages do um, it so we are there has been a cry an outcry on twitter for us to release the uncut tapes the, <laughs> the stuff that doesn't make it into the episode the slanderous libelous um stuff that keeps us awake at night it's um, the creep uncut it's the creep uncut this excites like my me husband. greatly. Hey, oh, Sophie's Jewish husband, the creep uncut. Um, so we will. Uh, that's not offensive. This could go into the creep uncut. He is Jewish. <laughs> not offensive. So um, there's going to be a little kind of mini creep in there. It's a creep that we sometimes cut out, sometimes keep in. It's just um, extra episode so, every week for our beloveds. So if we you love want, you guys. If you want that, go to patreon.com forward slash forward slash the creep dive mm. and sign up there we will potentially release a new tier but we're still discussing that but you can go there now get your tote get your get your tote get your early access tickets and if you've been listening at all you know you cannot get your hands on a ticket unless you're a patron because they sell out ridiculously quickly well, the dublin shows do the dublin shows do <laughs> and cork. cork dublin and cork the two creepiest counties um so go there and sign up and you'll get all of the above. And an extra episode every week. We should send one picture of one of our tits along with it just to See, keep things fresh. That's the kind of stuff you'll get in the extra 15 days. Oh I think that'd be God. kind of funny. Are you Do you remember crazy? tits or ass? Do you remember tits or ass? I think we should send Sophie's bump or giant close-up of a veiny eyeball. Somebody's going to jizz mm. over that. Look at it, lads. Look at that outie. Oh, stop oh touching God, it, so yeah. it's, it's so giving me that weird. feeling. What well, if you he's... touched it too hard and the baby popped out here in the studio? I wouldn't know what to do. Oh, my gosh. Babies don't pop yeah, out. Really, <laughs> I think uh, 
Whoever decided that yeah. phrase was now, a thing. You, you, have to, you have to actually baby. shit them out. You That's what no shit. one is ever telling you. But like, this is your third. Surely, ever. surely your third baby is just going to crawl out itself. I think I fucking nearly sneezed it out yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> That's mother of pod content. Um, I think that is all our housekeeping up top for the moment. Cool. Wait, somebody else wants to tell everyone about their book club. You keep talking about Oh, and I'll yes. Come back. There is a creep suggested, a creep book club, which I love because. Um, oh, deadly idea. Yeah, they want to read creepy novels and then we will tell you what the novel is and this person will do the other stuff. You've got to start the logistics about that. That is shit. savage. Yeah, it's a good idea, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and so we can we'll try read the like same thriller. Any of the creep reading list as well. Yes, I have. A, I have uh, my like creep. you read that one for Cork. Oh, it hasn't. That episode hasn't come out yet. Can't wait for that episode. Oh no! But my my Kindle now on my phone is looking very disturbing. Here we go. Hi guys, really love the show. Uh, had the idea to reach out to fellow creeps. I would really like to start a creepy book club. She's based in Dublin, or he. Uh, I think unfollow by unfollow by Megan Phelps Roper of Westboro Baptist Church oh my god would be a good first yes. book and I really want to read that so could you guys give this a shout out uh, thanks for the quality creep blah blah oh there's her name will I read it out who cares Anna uh, <laughs> no I think they <laughs> so do how do they get to in touch know. with her sorry <laughs> How do they know? Well, will we link Anna somewhere, maybe? Well, we'll, yeah, do, we'll, we'll, post on, we'll do a post on, on our Twitter, Twitter and Creep. Because now that we've announced the Creepy Book Club, we'll announce <coughs> it on Twitter and Insta. Everyone go read that book. We'll give ourselves a month and then we, we'll, we'll try and meet up. Some of us can meet up IRL and discuss <laughs> the book and we'll throw our thoughts into the podcast. I do not need another book club that I don't participate in because I'm already in two that I don't <laughs> participate in. And I actually need an extra one because I'm so full of thoughts. I hate book clubs, so I won't be involved in any of them. I just read one of the books. They're from lame, guys. The read a fucking book yourself and then think about it and move on with your fucking lives. <laughs> it's not satisfying to just think alone about it. Is it not? Nah. I've started simultaneously. Every time a book is suggested for one book club, I go to the other and I say, guys, do you want to try this book? So at least you're trying to merge up. The, the 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 booking who was creep of the week <gasps> creep of the week is a good one right so you know this meme mem yep uh, where people are like what's something you can say in bed and also say to your you know whatever it's like people have been tweeting it it's very funny something you can say in it's like bed. something you can say in bed and also say to a serial killer or something like that yes, like that's the yes, meme right so Boston Market who are a rotisserie chicken restaurant <laughs> tweeted <laughs> What's something you can say to both your rotisserie chicken and to your significant other? Let me spit roast you over a fire. I want to spit roast you over a fire. It's probably more romantic. Um, But so some of the replies were really funny. Like, I prefer you without your skin. (laughs) (laughs) We're we're really creepy. I'm a breast man. Something about breast and legs. Still no head. Still no. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Very funny. But... A lot of people just started sharing the same picture of a man with his appendage in a rotisserie chicken (laughs) saying, what if the chicken is my girlfriend? And they keep deleting it and hiding the tweet. So people, this tweet is just full of this picture. Show her the picture. I've seen it. (laughs) 
of it's a chicken. It's all <laughs> sitting on. I was picturing it being cooked because it's no, a rotisserie chicken. It's a raw, it's raw chicken. And it's this, got a raw dick, raw dogging it. But oh, my God. Um, you know what the worst part is? It's actually, I don't think it's completely raw. It looks like it's starting to get a little bit of colour. It's like it's been taken out of the oven, taken off the spit roast, oh, partially put onto another... Cooked. Put back in the Which oven. Is, Would you eat it? Salmonella. Salmonella all over oh. that male man's dick. Yeah. Would you eat the chicken? Uh, if I, I went back into the oven. I can guarantee you I would not eat either of those things. Oh my God. <laughs> I would definitely eat the chicken. Me too. I was thinking totally I would have percent still eat that chicken after it was cooked. Gotcha. Uh, it's for reasons like this. I and prefer I'd my chicken And give the penis spatch- a thorough wash. <laughs> <laughs> you can wrap a spatchcock around your dick and use it as a flesh wa- a oh, f- sort of wanking. Boned and rolled. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that was so That's good. A missed opportunity on that fucking meme thread. Um, Wait, we have a Belle Gibson update as well. Oh, nice one. She's just she's at back. it again. Amazingly back. And uh, hold on, let me bring up the article. What the fuck? We need this. This uh, is there anyone else have trouble like locating things that come into the. Yeah, we're getting a lot of I screen grab an email to myself with the subject line creep. Better. My inbox has 6,000 unreads. Yeah, I've (sighs) been texting myself and stuff, which is if anyone, if I ever went missing and anyone found my phone, (laughs) people would stop looking for me immediately. (laughs) She's she's chosen to leave. (laughs) They'd be like, just let her go. (laughs) Just let her go. She was sullying the gene pool. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, guys, I'm just going to straight up Google her. Back in the news. So, uh, con artist Belle Gibson. Anyway, so she's been taken in, I think, by... I think con artist gives them too much credit sometimes. She fucking... <laughs> Jesus, I can't find it. Oh, she's a Muslim. Ah. Yeah. So, um, cancer faker Belle Gibson could be banned from praying at Melbourne Mosque over fears Muslim convert fraudster will prey on worshippers. What a weird twist. So, uh, she's just gone fully into a new religion. And they're all like, oh, hey, Belle, um, what you doing here? And she's just being chill, behaving like a Muslim and expecting everyone to be cool with this and presuming that there's nothing, no ulterior motive behind it. It is the most obvious grab at attention ever, isn't it? Like you could be a discreet Jehovah's Witness. Or you, I think the purpose know? of Jehovah's like aren't Jehovah's Witnesses supposed they have to be to go dis- and do missions? Don't they? Yeah, but aren't they like relatively discreet? Like they don't go to parties and you know. Well, Belle just turned up to a mosque one day and started praying, which is, she, is I think okay. I mean, is that that's, how you do it? Well, I don't. She's been converted, so she said to Islam, right? Uh, but everyone in the mosque is wary. I would say yes. Yeah, it's a little strange, don't you think? I'm just trying to see how she'll parlay this into kind of like her kind of Belle Gibson sort of MO. Like, is she going to start a Instagram? Is there going to be some kind of Belle Gibson app? Very good. <laughs> but who knows? Who knows? She might. She, it's the. It's an Ethiopian community that she's been sucked into in Melbourne. So they are uh, sucked into our inserted sorry, herself. Ins- into. She has inserted herself into them, and they seem to like her so far. So good ish. Uh, some people wary. Some people delighted. Some people open-minded. So we'll see what happens next. Although, like, she's free to do whatever she wants, technically speaking. She served some of her time, had to pay back some of her stuff. It, it, it is a little strange. It's, yeah. It's just attention grabbing again, mm. isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. Seems Creep it. of the week, bell back. 
I definitely back. think it's hard to uncancel post, you know, fake cancer. Totally. Um, yeah. So I just would stop trying and I try and live a quiet life. You would think that. Maybe she really is trying to live a quiet life, though. Like, how did this come about? Like, did she do a selfie? There's a lot of during, photographs of her in... Um, during her... In kind of headscarf, okay, kind of outside, inside. Okay, so uh, some of them look like selfies. She's kind of perpetuating the attention. Okay, she's yeah. kind of yes, sharing, yeah. disseminating. Yeah, the, exactly. The oh, information. Islam. Good Looking for her. Forward to more of that, Belle. Exactorino. Exactly. So, what do we got this week? Um, okay. Well, I have uh, I have a story of. A historical Irish tale mm. of uh, about someone who is extremely well known's father. Um, Bono. No, it's quite historical. We're talking like the eighteen thirties, eighteen forties, and it's very, very interesting. You're really selling it. What's the headline? <laughs> Buzzfeed headline. Is this it? Is it happening? It's. Well, I want to see what everyone else has before I come into telling this. Okay, okay, okay. okay. I it's have a, a wild, wild ride. Ooh. Is someone fucking an unwilling animal? No. Oh, because that's what that sounds like. Okay, but someone's name is Wild. Oh, Oscar Wilde's dad. Yeah. Oh, like it. Literally. I have a what very have got? long one. Nice. It's fucking endless, um, <laughs> but it's good. What could it, massive con artist, uh, very famous, we'll all know it, the story kind of, but it's very interesting. <laughs> Excellent headline, 10 out of nice. 10. I'm born into that Are one. You're in, Soaps? I'm, I'm well into that. Okay, go. I, I'm so excited. Well, in my research of this guy, <laughs> I basically fell completely in love with him. Oh. I absolutely love. Does Dan listen to Was he played, it's not Frank Abernathy or anything, was he? Close. Oh? Stephen Ray Russell. <laughs> lover of I Love You, Philip Morris. So he was Philip Morris's lover. Remember the film? Yeah. Jim Carrey? Jim Carrey and um, yep. Philip Seymour Hoffman. No. I'm not sure. Um, and the other guy. Do you know what I mean? Stephen J. Russell, an incredible man, continuously escaped from jail. The greatest con man, you could say, that ever lived. I've never heard of him. I'm so you, excited. Do you, not, you don't remember the film or did you never see it? No, no, I was thinking of Catch Me If You Can. You well, and it's McGregor. You and McGregor. Not thank you. Philip Seymour Hoffman. You, Sorry, you similar, and McGregor. But entirely different. He should change his name by deed pull to the other guy. So Stephen Ray Russell. Yes. Was adopted. Uh-huh. Very uh, nice, really well-off family. Mm-hmm. Uh, age nine, they decided they'd tell Stephen... That he was adopted. What kind of era? Is he like 50s, 60s? 60s? Okay. When he was nine. Okay, so nine to tell... Yeah, okay, I can see it. Right. He didn't take this great. Aww. He was devastated. Uh, he was a really smart kid. And um, he started sort of acting up a bit. And fires were his forte. Right. So what he used right. to do was he set fire to his outside, this barn in his granny's house. But he and he, this other place. But what he'd do is he'd set a fire and then he'd ring the fire brigade and then he'd become the hero in the story. He'd uh, wave yes, them yes, down yes, from yes. the road and bring them to the fire. And I just noticed this fire. Mm. Yeah. But mm. it was then, I think fire number three was like, okay, Stephen, <laughs> you like, gotta stop this. We know it's you. <laughs> uh, and Stephen was like, okay, it's me. It's me. So his parents decided to send him to like a school for bold boys. 
his parents were well off. Why don't we have those schools anymore? I feel like they're boarding schools. Mm. Um, but Expensive. this is kind of what they sent him to. Yeah, they had a few bobs, so they just decided, you know what we'll do with the problem? We'll throw a bit of money at it, put him in the school for both boys. So we got to the school and he was like, oh man, this is shit. I gotta get out of here. So at the time he had braces fitted and Stephen decided that his tactic for escape would be to complain a lot. So he complained about his braces and was brought to the dentist, I think something like 20 times in one month. So much that the school were so fucking sick of him that they decided you're fixed, you're going home. So they rang his parents and said, look, he's Grant, he's coming back to you. The real reason was that he was just driving everyone fucking demented in the school. <laughs> so the least fixed child of them all. <laughs> yeah. So he kind of carried on in his life. He decided, you know, OK, I'll, I'll lay off the fires for a while. I'll become a good boy. So he was for a while and he married someone. He had a daughter, but all the while he knew he was gay. Okay. But during the time, you know, he wasn't sort of open. So the 70s, uh, 80s. Yeah. Yeah. So he was sort of also be- being a little bold with the whole, sorry, I should prefix this with, he has an IQ of over 160. A very, very smart man. He only has his GED. He didn't go to college, but he was a super brain box. Mm. Really charming. Everybody loved him. And using it for good, I hope. No. (laughs) But he was using it to get get himself along. So he sort of, uh, what he was doing was he was writing bad checks. He had a kind of an insurance fraud scam going. He was sort of, he did some passport tomfoolery. It was all kind of top line kind of fraud but it meant that it made his life better he was able to kind of fraud really victimless he was basically just targeting the insurance companies Mm. which is just a-okay in my (laughs) mind but just before he started kind of going down the route of fraud he found something out which is crushing so he decided he's going to find his birth parents right and uh this is really bad so he found out why he it's not that bad why he got was adopted in the first place he was born out of wedlock his mother and father were unmarried. It was that was the reason that he was given up. Okay, good times for all those poor fucking people. So here comes the sadness. Then his parents got together again, oh. married, had three kids, this never is a looked for him. Very common tale. Oh, they never looked for him. What the fuck? Isn't that terrible? Oh yeah. no. So obviously he was I've crushed. Heard that though. I mean, I've heard it a lot. Where they they do end up staying together. Now I'm not entirely sure Aww. whether they did look. Blah blah blah. Anyway, he was the one that found them. I think maybe you know when you hear. I'm not sure in the I American adoption. Isn't that dreadful? Yeah. Anyway, he was really devastated by that, which anybody would be. So that kind of led him down the angry path of this kind of tomfoolery mm-hmm. so he was kind of in he was then he was imprisoned for these kind of petty sort of stuff yeah so Stephen was imprisoned second, just open he just that. opened this uh, what is this a skipping rope <laughs> oh these are oh my god jumbo dildo knitting <laughs> needles like with a sharp end yeah, I mean, I'm just going to... They look like a dilation. I was going to say, I'm just going to crank my cervix while you tell this story. That's okay, right? That's exactly what it looks like. Okay, return. <laughs> Thank you. So Stephen went on to be imprisoned quite a lot in his life. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason being, he kept fucking escaping. So Stephen... And anyway. like layering on more prison time for Absolutely escaping. Absolutely bingo. So, God uh, damn it, Stephen. 
So he would escape. I love this guy already. He was amazing. Yeah. And he is amazing. He's still, it's, anyway, so he, uh, so the FBI prison escape. nicknamed him Houdini King Khan uh, for his remarkable ability to escape from prison. So from 1992, when he was in prison for the relatively minor charge of insurance fraud, around the time he found out of his parents and check fraud, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, Russell managed to escape four times from several different Texan jails over a five-year period. That's so impressive. Wow. Incredible. What so, kind of methods? Right. His story, obviously, as we were saying, immortalized in the film. Blah, blah, blah. So like Abagnale, who you mentioned earlier from Catch Me If You Can, oh, who yeah. successfully stole millions of dollars by posing as a pilot, an attorney and a doctor, uh, Stephen's life was also the stuff of improbable fiction. So his escapes were marked by astounding brazenness that left law enforcement officials slack-jawed and bafflement. So, but unlike Abagnale, Russell's shenanigans were driven by his obsessive love for fellow inmate called Philip Morris, who he met in jail in 1995. Wow. So before that, when he sort of came out, he did meet this, the, his first love, Jim. Uh, Jim was, they were madly in love and then Jim one day fessed up and he said look you might not want to continue on with me I'm HIV positive Aww. and Stephen said I absolutely do I'm mad about you blah 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 so Stephen went on to nurse he'd sorry he ditched the wife and child by now which sounded terrible <laughs> I'm sure gonna ask for it they're, they no longer feature in the story I'm sure they were great friends um, <laughs> as always so Stephen went on to, to nurse Jim into his you know he didn't oh, last long he basically he did, he did die and during that time there was some they, Stephen was looking after all of Jim's ins- health insurance stuff and he was getting more and more frustrated with these particular insurance companies because they were treating j- his Jim so poorly. They yeah. weren't paying out. There was obviously a lot of homophobia at the time mm-hmm. and the AIDS epidemic was in full swing. Anyway, Stephen was, his rage was building against oh God, the yeah. insurance companies particularly. So Stephen's biggest scam, the one he got a lot of years in prison for, was after Jim had died, he decided he wanted to sort of fuck the insurance companies. So he looked for a job and he Ooh, did just find kind of kamikaze like, like Jim was from the inside. Oh, so nice. Stephen was like, you know, I'm getting I'm getting in here. So he managed to get himself hired as the CFO of this Whoa. company called NAM. So wow. they dealt so in just medical. casual chief financial officer of an insurance amazing. company. Amazing guy. And I watched a documentary about him and they, all of the other CEO, all the other guys, the big guys in the company were fucking mad about him and still are, even though he committed major fraud. He stole about a We've million quid from the a, company. We've quite a few times where someone has yeah. done something really bad within a company mm. and people are still like, oh, but we loved them. We yeah. loved them. Yeah. So, uh, Stephen, so great guy. Jim Steve. had died. Good crap. Now, Stephen had met Philip Morris at this stage. So he was in a new relationship, but his rage against the machine was still building and he needed a lot of money. He, he always kind of was driven by money. He wanted to make a lot of money. So he put a job in the paper and had applicants apply for this fake job. Hmm. Big CEO, to, a CFO job. So what he did was he received then a number of CVs, yeah. which he then copied. Ah. in order then to apply for this job. False, oh, so he falsified a law degree. He falsified all his previous work experiences. Excellent and he way routed to do it. All, a really good way yeah. to do it. It's just so simple. Yeah. So it's, but that his technique was mostly on the phone where he was able to do his real convincing. So it's just easier times. He routed then. all of his numbers, different numbers for different references, but they all led back. You know the way you can do that. You can set up telephone numbers to reroute yeah, yeah, yeah. to his home number. Yeah. So he then gave... 
references for himself to when he was being checked up on. Do you nice remember one. that app that used to that used to? I know actually it was before apps, but there was this thing when we all had Nokia thirty two tens, and my friend Connor, who was like the biggest creep of them all, he would ring one number and then ring another and. And those numbers would ring each other mm. so you'd answer the phone and be like you just called me and the other person was like but no you just called me it led to a lot of very entertaining Creepy. prank calling <laughs> it was excellent thank you ringing two Nogus. people that you know do yeah. not want to speak to each other that's actually funny and hear them say you will you call I think you can hear I the phone I should do that call. with my divorced parents <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty funny but how do I listen in I think it's like a third I just, I just It just happens and I just kind of chuckle to myself. I think you're on the call. <laughs> and oh, maybe you're on you like a... You quietly enjoy it. A three-way call. You could do it on a three-way call if you put your number on private and like immediately added the other two people in it. Mm. So it would come up private number calling. Anyway, do you want to hear more about the story? Yeah, sorry. So uh, he did <laughs> arrive for the interview and they fucking fell in love with him. They were like, we need this guy. He's everything we ever wanted. Come on in here. I love it. So then he he was the CFO of the company and it, it appeared that he was doing really well. He was saving them millions. Uh, he was on a huge salary. He lived in Houston, Texas. By the way, they pay uh, ze- nearly zero. And I could be right. Um, and it is zero income tax in Texas. <laughs> so you just paused, referenced that in your own mind, mind. and then confirmed the fact. Correct. <laughs> they were fucking raking it in, right? Mansions, limos, Philip Morris living the dream. And in fairness, Philip Morris didn't, I don't, we don't know how aware he was of Stephen's scams, but we do know they were legitimately like he's in doing love. a good job as the CFO. What's the problem? The problem was, anyway, the CEO came to Stephen one day. He's like, I have a sec, I have a house. Will you, do you want to buy it? It's a rental. And Stephen's like, great, looks like a good deal. Went to apply for the mortgage <laughs> from the same bank that the company used. And whatever happened, the bank rumbled him and we're like, we're missing a million quid here. Where is it? And Stephen was like, oh shit. So Stephen disappeared. And the CEO, I think he was in a meeting with the bank and they were looking for Stephen and they rang a mobile number that they had for him and Stephen answered. And the CEO was like, Stephen, my old buddy, old pal. Come on, what's happening here? And Stephen said something like, oh, listen, grand larceny. I'm not coming into work anymore. I'm really sorry. And left. And even in the interview, the documentary, the guy was, the CEO guy was like, chuckling away to himself. Like, I really still to this day, I miss him, you know. (laughs) (laughs) We just loved having him around. We played golf and (laughs) just a really charming type of gentleman. So he ended up in five months embezzling 800 grand from dormant accounts to fund, uh, him and Philip's glamorous lifestyle. Mercedes Benz's, jet skis, Rolex, the whole shebang. Oh my God, I do. So Russell even, or Stephen even had his teeth capped, plastic surgery on his eyes. Anyway, so he was found out and sent back to jail, uh, but not before impersonating a judge over the telephone and demanding his own bail money be lowered from 900,000 to 45 grand, which he then paid with a check that later bounced. (laughs) So he was out again. <laughs> right? He's out of control. So he was out of prison there. So you can imagine him being the best person on a night out ever. Yeah. You know that person who's always upping the ante. Absolutely. Crack maker. Yes. Yeah. So uh, so his escapes from then on were shaped by single overwhelming desire to be with Philip. So this is what sort of... Anyway, he was... So let's see now. Where are we? So Russell then, there's an interview with him. 
with Stephen on in this documentary and he just says and it's really sad but it's good he, he he's asked about the film and how he thought the film sort of summed up his life and he said he think it's a it was really good film he said I did those things because I wanted to be with Philip I was out of control uh and therein was lies his sort of fate fatal flaw because every time he would escape prison he'd go back to Philip he'd go back to Philip and on one of the occasions so Philip was was actually charged as well with a felony because he was sort of an accessory an accessory he benefited yeah. whatever he was charged he was also but he was put in a separate jail so on one of the escapes uh, they found Philip they found Stephen because he was visiting Philip and pretending to be a lawyer so he had, <laughs> so he was, it was incredible. This, and the, this is a really good story. The, when he was, so he went into the jail as a lawyer. As a lawyer. Visit, yeah. Okay. But it was Stephen. Oh, that's so good. He also, uh, on the occasion that he f- falsified um, the bail money, what he did during prison was he was, had access to a typewriter. So he typed up a, what looked like an official letter uh, from the judge to the, jail mm-hmm. saying I'm reducing this guy's parole or sorry I'm reducing this guy's bail money tied it up in the thing had it kind of concealed in his jumpsuit waited until he walked by uh, an attorney leaving the jail you know just in the hall kind of shuffled it down his sleeve dropped it the prison guards who were escorting Stephen thought the lawyer yeah. had dropped it uh, and dropped the letter into the prison uh, secretary which is how he managed that one oh, I love it so uh on another occasion, he doesn't overcomplicate. No, no, it's very good. It's very good. It's quite brazen, isn't it? On one of them as well, he, I think it was his uh, another the escape. So he kept being found because he kept visiting. So this, so he's back in jail. Oh, he's like, got to get God, out of here again. It's his kryptonite. He yeah. can't just can't let him go. Uh, or even just make a phone call. Yeah, <laughs> he he in person he found he he was managed to get his hands on some female uh, clothes, whether it was a female nurse or something like that though anyway he he was dressed then in red pants and a tank top he managed to get one of the walkie talkies from somebody all the while like kind of charming chit chat everybody was at ease around him so red pants and a tank top so sounds like he waited for impersonating TLC he waited for a kind of a quiet moment he waited for and then he tapped the he walked by the exit tapping with his walkie talkie which is how the guards used to come in and out they just tap on the you know, there's somebody who was sitting in a glass box. Yeah. They didn't even look up. They just saw the walkie-talkie, bzz, red pants, buzzed him out, walked out, he went. So it was after that escape, he was found again. Um, it's amazing. I'm sorry, you can't see my face in. on mic, but like, yeah, incredible. Brilliant. Yeah. But like, he kind it's just of simple and ballsy. But the, he was getting tougher. Then he was he was really starting to piss off the Texas uh, jail system because he was kind of making a just fool of them. walking in and out, kind of at will. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he then was moved to a different type. He took this deal, which was kind of bizarre. It was like 45 years was the deal that he took. Uh, he'd agree. To serve 45. But actually the reason why he took it was that they were going to move him to a different type of prison. So he was like, great, fresh meat. They don't know me there. But yeah, the, but the previous and prison got forty five years to perfect this plan. Yeah, the previous prison had notified this new prison that this guy was slippery, slippery, uh, but nobody paid attention. So Philip, or sorry, Stephen was like, "Gotta get out of here again." So what he did was he started collecting green felt pens. So uh-huh. he had like a stash of green felt pens. The doctors and nurses who worked in the prison wore green scrubs, but they were the exact same shape as the prison the prisoners' white 
kind of Just top and trousers. Only differentiated yeah. by the colour. Exactly. So then he had a stash of green felt like tip where pens. this is going. He it's used, simple. He used the toilet bowl uh, to create like a dye. He put his scrubs in one night. He, t- he, was, he describes doing it like he, he couldn't fold them. You had to put them in flat. You know, it was very kind of methodical. Yeah, so they would yeah, be tie-dyed. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> I was picturing him to just do that. going to colour them in. Yeah. Just at night time, just <laughs> like really uh, methodically colouring them in. So the nurses and doctors also had like a red, everyone had an ID card in the prison, prisoners and the doctors. So the prison doctors and nurses had a red one, prisoners had a white one. He coloured in his ID red. He was wearing green scrubs. He waited until this new night guard. Uh, she was new. This was her first day and she was on a very long night shift. It was the very end of her night shift. It was 3 or 4 a.m. What a bad first yeah. day. The, oh, no. the first kind of, the doors were open for the first early morning kind of feed. He got out in his green scrubs with his red ID again up against the window. She buzzed him out and he was gone. Oh my God. At this point, Philip Morris was also out of prison. So he... They they Yay, met in Florida. Reunion. They had a reunion. It was his lucky day, Friday the thirteenth. They were together. He wasn't to last long. They need to leave the country. They do. They. I mean, there's no. Why yeah. not? I mean, even South, South America. America. Anyway, and he's got well, his history getting, of forging. Size, aren't they? I know. Florida's well, kind of down there. Still, oh, though, God, it's still just I Florida. Really don't know where Florida is. So actually. anyway, they were in Florida. The police. Well, there was a big manhunt. They caught him again, right? But they caught him this time. You can kind of feel though Florida would be his spiritual home. I feel like he is kind of Florida man would be easily kind of baffled. No, no, stupid to say. Yeah. Florida seems like the place to go to confuse people. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so he was like, we need a bit of cash here. I'm going to impersonate this kind of rich guy I used to know. I'm going to go into the bank uh, and I'm going to withdraw some cash. So he created a fake ID for this in the same name as he had a bit of background, got a wig. Uh, and he went to the, but the, the, the fuck up here was that he was asking for 75 grand and the guys in the bank were like, you could have withdrawn the, you could have withdrawn, withdrawn this from an ATM. What are you doing in the bank? 75 grand. Mm. I was Florida like, that's a place to be. Sounds like it. Like you'd be, Jesus, how would this machine just, just be? Steal someone's do, 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 card. Do, 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 do. I don't know. I've never. Well, whatever. It, or else. Yeah. So that was what they said. Yeah. And uh, so they, this set off a bit of an alarm bell. And uh, so they kind of snuck away from the meeting to raise the alarm, uh, by which time Stephen was like, oh, I'm fucked. He was, they, they, he's been rumbled. Stephen fakes a heart attack. They rush back. In the bank. In the bank. They've called the FBI already. Then they call the ambulance. So Stephen's taken in ambulance to the hospital. In the hospital, uh, Stephen makes a call to the hospital, pretending to be a member of the FBI, saying, we no longer need this guy. You can release him. He was released five minutes before the real FBI arrived. Oh my God, he's oh, so clever. It's Amazing. so good. But they did find him again. So on this occasion, Stephen was like, uh, he was in there a couple of years before he started this, his last amazing escape. This one relating to AIDS. So he knew... Obviously, oh, so hang on, they did pick him up Sorry, they did the get hospital. him. They kept oh, finding him. He okay. never was gone for long. So... It's kind of a sport for him, really, I know. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so he was like, I got to... I, I need something big here. So he decided that he would convince the doctors and nurses that he was suffering from AIDS. 
So he started on what like kind of extreme we weight loss it? program. We're in the eighties, I oh, think. 80s. Or sorry, we're didn't no, we're, no, we're later. The we're later. You're right. We're in the early noughties. I okay. think I can't okay. be sure, but we're later. Sort of modern times. Yeah. Anyway, so he started on a regime of super weight loss laxatives. Um, he did weight plummeted, but they they confirmed his uh, diagnosis in the jail without actually running any tests. So. Obviously, Stephen was really smart. Terrifying. He was able to kind Especially of... with his track record of lying. Up, but Amazing. also looking but after his first boyfriend. Absolutely. He, so he knew all the he, symptoms. Oh, yeah, yeah, and he true, also yeah. had access to books and, you know, he was able to... Oh, yeah, no, I mean on their part. Yeah, I like, know, but he was so nice as well. Yeah. Do you know, they just liked him. Yeah. So he, they were devastated. Everyone was sad for him. So he eventually got what you can... When you're dying in prison, you're, you're you can... Uh, you can apply for like compassionate parole. Yeah. yeah. So that will allow you to go to a hospice or, you know, somewhere like that when you're dying. Right. So he did manage to get that and was released to this hospice, hospital type of the place. During his stay there, the hospice hospital received a call from a medical doctor running trials on AIDS, like late uh, stage AIDS patients. And the... Uh, the hospice place were like brilliant. Was Stephen the caller? Yes, he fucking was. <laughs> yes. the, the hospice were like brilliant. We have a guy, Stephen. <coughs> He's a you know he sounds perfect for your program. And the doctor on the other end of the phone was like, great. I'll send a car for him, and um, we'll can take it from here. Thanks. So off he went in a taxi. <laughs> <laughs> so from there, he obviously started eating again. Was delighted with himself. Um, back to find Philip, who at this point was just like, please, Stephen. You got we, it's the stress of this is <laughs> killing me. Um, so he he then uh, in order to kind of seal the deal, he managed to he dressed as a doctor, headed into either a hospital or a morgue, and asked them for a death cert for one of his patients, which he got, filled it out for himself. <gasps> Stephen Ray Russell dead, Yay. sent it back to the prison. So Aww. Stephen was dead, as far as they were, they yeah. were concerned. Yeah, come on, Stephen. I Until feel like... someone just sees him sauntering down the road or something. Yeah, I think I got my story mixed up here a bit. Fuck, I think actually that's when... Uh, sorry, insert bank story here. Oh, that's when he was sorry. trying to cut some cash so he was, Yeah, so Stephen ended up back in jail, which is where he's remained to this day. Stephen is serving 144 years in prison. Stephen is spending that time 23 hours a day in solitary confinement. Oh my God. Why are they strict on him now? Because he pissed them off. He just made a fool of them. And they're getting their pound of flesh. I was about to say, exactly. Was he convicted of just making tits out of the American penal service? Yeah, escaping prison is a serious offence. And that's what he was convicted of. And uh, it was just, it's crushing where he is now. And there's various, um, because of his smarts and because of his ability and understanding now of the court system and the police system, you'd think like, this guy could be... Really good CIA operative. He could yeah. be an incredible good spy. Consultant even yeah. from prison if they insist on keeping that. Give him something to do. Like Abernathy. I, I, it's Abernathy. truly the worst thing Just I can picture. Just a wasted mind. Um, yeah. Um, so that's where he's at. And there are various kind of safe... Stephen shit going on. Imagine how many amazing ideas for podcasts Stephen's had in solitary confinement so far. 
But the fact that he's not gone mad with 23 years of it is just devastatingly bad. So I just want to make sure he's still alive. So he's 62. And you 62. know the interview in the dark? Mm. Is that kind of like from now, current? That's a 2003 interview. Yeah. So, so he's it's been in solitary for like years, years since. Absolutely crushing. So uh, he did love the film, however. Uh, he was allowed out to see it. Weirdly, I think he was allowed to go to the premiere. Uh, under like lock and key, which would have been his ultimate great escape. I mean, to, oh, yeah. But he loved the film and he'd, he's not in touch with Philip anymore, but he talks very kindly of him. He needed to let Philip get on with his own life. Um, and uh, it's just heartbreaking and amazing all at the same time. And what a desperate waste of an incredibly creative mind. And also fuck his real parents. <laughs> that yeah. was very, very good. It's an amazing story, oh isn't God, it? That was Here's like, to Russell. I, I feel don't know why, honestly, but I feel uplifted. It's weird. Yeah. But I am devastated well, by the solitary confinement. I just feel like he's not, a, he's not, not dangerous. a dangerous man. He never hurt anybody. And he's just like a unique spirit. Absolutely. And just absolutely The arson wasn't great, but he was young. Leave the love thing alone. He was just so but committed. But it's cute, isn't it? Totally. He made a promise to you. The reason that he kept... He made a promise to Ray that his first lover who died of AIDS that he would um, treat his next partner as well as he's tre- he had treated Ray. Ray, when he was dying said when you meet the next man promise me that you treat him as well as he's treating me and he said that's kind of what drove him then with Philip he just was committed totally like a Labrador except smart except smart (laughs) so um, yeah brilliant that was heartbreaking that really was heartbreaking but Mm. uplifting Um, not our usual creep uh, anyway, in, in an Irish creep, it's great that your man's going to prison for fucking his mother-in-law out the window all around the Dublin mountains, isn't it? What? Do you remember that? <laughs> Absolutely bad. It's a bad story. But what it's, story is that? Do you remember he killed his mother-in-law? They're, they, the two of them, his, him and his wife moved in with the mother-in-law in Wicklow. Right. And obviously they were under pressure to get out and get their own house. Mm. And she'd had enough. It's and there the was start of an episode of Room to Improve. Yeah, exactly that. <laughs> and then he, there was obviously loads of rows going on in the house. Uh-huh. And then he just lost it, killed her, chopped her up into little pieces, drove to Sally's Gap oh and just fucked bits of her out the window. Oh my God. And I just think to myself. Sloppy. Sloppy. I've just read the actual uh, news report of the story that you just told us. Yeah. <laughs> You've embellished. You've, you've taken some liberty. Like? <laughs> well, just him fecking it out the window. It's just that she was like dismembered and then found in like bits. Several different locations. Yes, he drove down the Sally's <laughs> Gap and fucked, fired bits of her out the window. No, but he buried her in lots of them. Like. Well, I didn't say all the bits. It just sounded like he was doing gushies of her arms and legs through the Wicklow Mountain. I just love that visual. In a fucking rage. Just you can fuck off out you there. Fuck off. Fuck off and over there. There's so much that. of this that is just so room to improve gone wrong. Like him. He does it in her own Toyota Corolla. Oh, God. So you shouldn't be laughing. It is terrible. Sorry. It's terrible. Oh, we have a guest in the studio. That is encouraging Jen to be better behaved than usual. Andrea Mara is joining us. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Hello. So, Andrea Mara, if you don't know her work, you have a treat ahead of you. So, Andrea is a prolific crime author 
And um, your third book is coming out on the 6th of February next month. Mm-hmm. And it's called The Sleeper Lies. And I got an advanced copy and got to read it over Christmas. Why does nobody send Jen and I advanced copies of things? We'd be very, very well read, informed people. We would discuss these things, wouldn't we, Jen? I get sent other things. Like videos of people <laughs> doing unbelievably <laughs> disgusting things. <laughs> so thank you for joining us, Andrea. My pleasure. We very specifically wanted to ask you in because I think people are very curious about crime writers and Research. just how fucked up you got to be, mm-hmm. really, to yeah, do it yourself. Yeah, that's it. And I just want to give some visuals you to look our listeners. A little fucked up. No, <laughs> she looks like she's trying too hard to Be, not like, look fucked up there's a touch of the Ted Bundy Andrea like oh so I'm sweet. just lovely and normal you know <laughs> very nice attractive lady nice top but we <laughs> know we know we know, <laughs> we know you're messed up I have been, I've spent a lot of hours inside your mind and so I'm like how does your husband sleep at night yeah well he's worried too about his search history on Google because he kind of <laughs> helps out with the research so I might say to him can you just Google if you poison someone with an untraceable poison would modern forensics catch you out these days so he kind of just Googles whatever I ask to him that? to Google I don't even remember because I don't think I used it in the end so it mustn't have been a good answer. I know, but I was about to be like, which one's that? Search history <laughs> is just full of things that would look really, really bad if he was, if I wanted him arrested for or some reason. Or you ended up dead. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's or very... Or faked your own death to frame mm. him. It's but, very concerning, isn't it? We get in the same situation and we actually had a creep who had written a post of like 10 ways to kill your husband and then subsequently murdered her husband. Oh, yes, I remember the that case. Yeah, yeah. 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 That was almost a clever double bluff, except it yeah. didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> well, you've got a good cover story. You're like, I'm an author. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was at uh, I was at my son's parent-teacher meeting this morning and I had to wait outside for a while. So I had a notebook and I was jotting down notes and I had been listening to the cheerleader episode and mm-hmm. I wrote down in the note, big, big knife in car and cheerleader kills friend. And then I wrote a few other notes. I think I wrote something about how it's not illegal to fake your own death. I think that mm. had come up somewhere yeah, at some uh, point. Or an earlier episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's usually the kind of like attendant fraud that people will get done for, for faking their own debts. So it'll be like forging documents and things like that. Mm. Yeah. They, yeah. So just making a few notes and then at the top I was like, fiction, because I thought, God, if like I leave the notebook <laughs> in the school and one of the teachers finds it, it's going to look really, really bad, the kind of notes I was making. So yeah, you have to be careful Is with the research. Is there one sort of area of murder that you find yourself continuously being kind of drawn to? Is there... If you were to kill a guy, (laughs) what would be your preferred method? Well, I think there's so many everyday possibilities that are a bit scary, like just the dart station. Like I'm petrified of train stations and dart stations because everybody stands really close to the edge and there's trains coming and people could just push someone off. And I hate even saying that in case I've put an idea in someone's head. So I'm not going near any dart stations for for the next while. But there's so (laughs) many things every day, traffic and trains and that kind of thing where someone could easily kill someone and everybody would put it down to an accident. I always think of this when I'm out for walks with my like husband and mother generally. I wouldn't go for walks with people generally, but like, you know, out for a hike, just a little, just slip of the path. Mm-hmm. It's just like in the secret history, you know, you want something that's like just like an inch away from an accident, just mm-hmm. accident adjacent. Mm-hmm. Where like 
You barely know, did you push them or did they yeah. fall by Like accident? when Janine put Barry down the hill in EastEnders back in the day. <laughs> did she, get, she pretty much got away with that, didn't she? For a long she time she did. did. I'm always just staring at Seb's back. Like he's a few paces in front of me and I'm like, you could go now. <laughs> I could just go right now. But did then this, I think about the life insurance. We discussed this a lot, those kind of moments of just like a flash of like, I'm just going to kill you. Okay, yeah. do Sorry. we? Do we? Well, I Andrea think does. It's her job. Yes, but just for fiction, not really going <laughs> to kill anybody, just to say that. But yeah, I think there's an awful lot of stuff every day that happens um, that you kind of go, oh, God, imagine if that had gone a step yeah. further and what might have happened. So that's, yeah, those are the kind of books that I write really. Which is very like stuff. your first book, The Other Side of the Wall, which I was really obsessed with. For many reasons, but it was kind of like domestic noir. Mm-hmm. And it was all about like new neighbours had moved into this kind of leafy enclave um, in like South County Dublin. And like, I loved it because the main character was on maternity leave. So obviously just being completely tortured by a, a tiny child and sleep deprived. There's lots of like, is she really seeing things and hearing things or is she imagining? And it was very kind of like, you know, is she a reliable narrator? And then also that kind of like, you know, violence next door, like right in your house and you're on mm. your street. So like the proximity there was really creepy. Because yeah, you, you don't know what's going on in anyone's houses. And I always think about that, like people talk about how in modern life, we don't know our neighbours anymore and everybody's mm. out at work all the time and we don't see each other. And that's the thing. You can be living really close to people like in a semi-detached house, but you don't really know what's going on next door. So obviously my real neighbours are very nice, lovely people. <laughs> um, we've since moved house, but it was nothing to do with them. Um, but yeah, you, your mind wanders and you think, yeah, but what if something had happened to them and I'm the only one who realises it because I'm up late at night. So this was really what happened. I was up late at night with a crying baby and I used to hear noises from next door all the time. I could hear them opening Mm. drawers and whatever. And then I heard nothing for a while and I thought, oh my God, I am the only one who knows something awful has happened to them. I'm going to have to save the day here. And then the next day I said to my husband, come here, have you seen next door in a while? And he's like, yeah, I saw them yesterday. So it was all just sleep deprived imagination. But then that became the book that in the book, something really does happen. It's not just her imagination or is it? So when did your sort of, when did this kick off for you, your interest in the darkness? I think always like, you know, like, you know, if you're going to sleep at night and you're thinking, okay, if gunmen came up the road right now, Mm -hmm. what would I do? Where would I hide? Where's my escape plan? You know, is the bathroom a good idea? That lock isn't great, that kind of thing. So I think that's always been there. But managing it so not being scared not going Mm. around your whole life being petrified but knowing you have your escape route or the best place to hide or you know then you have kids and you're like right I suppose I better rescue the kids as well that sort of thing so I think it's always been there and I used to be sitting in my so I used to work in financial services and I'd be sitting in a video conference getting a little bit bored and then think god you know if say masked gunmen there's a lot of masked gunmen in my brain um, were to burst into the Luxembourg office and I saw them on the video screen would I call the Luxembourg police or the Irish police like what is the best way to deal with that so you know in a kind of a boring meeting those Mm. would be the things going through your head (laughs) sort of fear management so you were like yeah "Yeah, oh god these terrible things can happen in a way to make me feel better 
yeah, our formulated plan, and then the plans became books. Exactly. Yeah. And then every new bit of technology gives you more Absolutely. and more yeah. scope for, well, yes, like video conferences didn't exist once upon a time. And then you're thinking about Facebook Live and all those cases where people are live streaming awful things that happen. And yeah. that gives a ho- another whole new dimension, I think. That's interesting. So because, you know, they say it's it will be really hard to actually commit a murder and get away with it pretty soon because... Forensics are such that you will leave a little bit of DNA somewhere and with everyone having their DNA in a database, it should be really, really easy and quick to identify who the murderer is. So is that something that you have to consider or do you kind of write in a world where perhaps it's not as advanced as it is to allow yourself space to create good narratives or do you are, do you find yourself thinking like a serial killer and like how would I get away with this rather than how interesting rather than how am I getting away from it how do I get away mm. with it yeah well, I like because you do lots of tech stuff in your mm. novels like one click your second novel had the kind of like collision of real life and social media mm-hmm. and basically unconnected characters kind of their fates kind of intertwined and then in the sleeper lies you've got the kind of online sleuthing phenomenon mm-hmm. so you're like really up to the minute in terms of as much as anyone can be writing books it's a pain I feel too yeah I guess it's <laughs> uh, a lot of time on the internet yeah. and it has to be put somewhere doesn't it but yeah I suppose because of because I haven't dealt so much with random murders. Mm. They're more kind of the whole domestic noir, family living in a nice leafy suburb type what's going on, creepy stuff, um, more than, say, a murder where the police are investigating and would potentially look for DNA. So that's actually a really good question because moving forward, if I do more books with that kind of murder in it, yeah, I would have to think about it. I mean, from what I've read, serial killers are way, way down because of exactly what you said. It's just a lot harder to get away with it now. The best next book for you, right? Yeah. There is this <laughs> Don't tell anybody, ca- though. No this problem. is just for me. Okay, so this There's been a recent <laughs> case. It's called, it's called Chimera. So what it is, is when a, when a human has two sets of DNA. And Ooh. a way that you would end up with this is, for instance, this guy, I can't remember where he's from, but I think he's in the States. Um, he had a bone marrow transplant mm-hmm. and he ended up having both his own DNA and the DNA of the of his oh, donor. Uh, donor. That Not only brilliant. that, but his actual sperm had almost none of his DNA oh and God. was exclusively his donor his donor's yeah DNA. So fascinatingly, if he was to create a, uh, commit a crime, he could be and would be leaving both him and this other guy's DNA behind. It is almost oh, wow. a kind of untraceable crime. Yeah. And when now we lean so heavily in the expectation is every individual has their own DNA and that's it. That's that's it forever. This throws up something entirely different. Mm. So like kind of face off. You remember mm. that film? I love that film. You Thanks. could if you were if you need committed a crime you could effectively, what this is suggesting is you could change your own DNA. So you could then opt for this type of trans, specifically the bone marrow transplant, I mm-hmm. think, because it it's a blood, so he had leukemia. So, it was, so it's, and in your blood is where this, it's the, it's, it's the major way of doing it. Anyway. Mm-hmm. So uh, isn't that, so you could, yeah. if you were like super criminal, 
change potentially change your DNA so, so it become chimera is that chimera, what you said C-H-I-M-E-R-A okay I feel like between us all here now we could ghost write that and let's uh, <laughs> just uh, cut that yeah. out of the pod yeah. and that's yeah, a done and deal totally fascinating though isn't millions. it millions so there you go yeah. there's a kind of a way that crime can advance past what we think is you know mm. you think there's going to be an end to you know and the, and the, your own ID yeah so you know, I think it's like playing whack-a-mole mm. and it's yeah. so hard to stay on is. top of everything like I was really researching spyware uh, for a book that I have coming out next month and or uh, yeah anyway and I was like oh my god like you don't even have to actually have access to someone's mm. device and like it's terrifying and mm. I definitely think that we might collectively know more than lots of uh, law enforcement. Yeah, I put, yeah. I put a, a big statement on my phone for research purposes as well, because in one of the books I needed to know, could you really figure out where someone is and stuff about phones? Yeah. And then I couldn't get it off my phone. It won't come off my phone. And my husband has access to it because we were testing it together. Yeah. And now I'm like, you know, oh, I work so hard. I work from home every morning while the kids are in school. But like occasionally I so go to Dundrum. And you can see if I do oh, that. No. So it's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. Back and what's fire. the name of the app? Pray, P-R-E-Y. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. And can you yes. install that in someone else's phone? You could. You'd need access to their phone to do it. So we both did it, like, knowingly. knowingly. Yeah. yeah. But it, the, my phone just wouldn't let me take it off then, because I suppose the phone, if it got stolen, you wouldn't want the robber to be able to take it off. So, no. But, but the it app is just true that, like, Sorry, that's so what many of pretending your... to be, an app to protect your phone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there was something I was signing up for the other day. I can't remember. It was an app I downloaded and I'm particularly sensitive because I trust nobody. I'm very cynical. And the app permission said, you know, I I permit the exchange of my information to the US government in the terms and conditions. Ooh. No. Yeah. Like reverse. Because it has. I was like backing out Back of this. Away. I don't want to do. But yeah, like it is it is always there. But I suppose people probably don't realize that you you can very easily, very quickly find people just because they're holding a tracker device in their pocket mm-hmm. at all times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you're going to go, oh, I must turn off location because everyone yeah, says turn yeah. off location. But I use Google Maps, like I use Google Maps to yeah, get yeah. here today. Is it all the time? But like so. even to find my iPhone, that's the, it's there all the time, you know? Yeah, it's so funny how it's all seeping into our kind of knowledge and consciousness, like pinging off the cell phone towers, like I think serial kind of alerted us all to that. Like, (laughs) interesting. So have you found yourself changing your behavior on on the back of things you've kind of... More intending to, like that with location and going, oh, I really should turn it off, but I need to be able to find where I'm going. So that kind of thing. Um, And just going, oh, look, it'll be fine. My husband's not trying to murder me or whatever the case Mm -hmm. may be. Um, but yeah, Even being though, more conscious of it. Statistically speaking, they're the ones we really need to be nice most careful of. <laughs> they all are. They all are. <laughs> Until suddenly they're not. And like, say in um, in one click, you kind of like talked a lot about like Twitter and Facebook and that kind of like the online friends and things mm. like that, which was like some of those bits were really spooky, like where the character kind of it's almost her social life kind of sitting Mm. on the couch with a glass of wine and chatting with people on Twitter and things like that so like did that kind of like unnerve you make you change your social media behaviors no and in a way that was meant to be showing social media in a good light although I don't know that it worked because I talked to some people afterwards and they were like no it would have put me off social media but well to show it in the mixed light that it really yeah. yeah so um so this woman is 
newly separated from her husband and she's just a bit all over the place and she's lost touch with her friends so she does rely on Twitter and like I can relate to that like I have Facebook groups that I'm in where I would sit down at night and just chat to them for half the night and what kind of groups like blogger groups about anything in particular uh, a lot of, it's a parent blogger group so parent. a lot about could be about kids stuff or it could be about can anyone recommend something or it can just be giving out about husbands say that really quietly um, but <laughs> they like heard. they became friends in real life and they're still friends in real life and we meet up and um, so they've gone from being internet friends to real life friends but I know that a lot of my real life friends find that kind of weird so I think it's definitely less weird now because it's yeah, it's just, it's a normal behavior. I think years ago, meeting people online was still a bit of the taboo, like very taboo. But now you don't even, you nearly don't even realize the chances are you have spoken to somebody mm. on Twitter or followed them on Instagram or at least seen their Instagram before you meet them in real life. And sometimes it works out great because I have internet friends and they're real life friends now, best friends. But they could be catfishing you. That's what I think about my internet friends all the time. Amy Jones, if you're listening. Do you No, exist? but like I've met, but, but like <laughs> even say stuff that we do and especially at work, like my new best friend, Alan Coyne, I talked to on the internet before <laughs> we met him. Okay, we managed to verify that Alan Coyne is a real person. <laughs> um, on The Sleeper Lies, mm-hmm. which is your latest, and it's out literally in a matter of days, the 6th of February. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's really brilliant. It's like really focused on the online sleuth world which I loved and I wanted to know how much time did you spend in those forums so much time and like I finished the book a year ago and I'm still like online looking at true crime stories and still on web sleuths like I've no reason to still be on web sleuths but it's so interesting and I'm in an armchair detective Facebook group as well and they're lovely people they're really nice now they live in America or Canada I think so we're not actually friend friends but yeah I'm still spending a lot of time listening to true crime podcasts and going on Wikipedia and looking stuff up. And there's no excuse because I finished that book a year ago. Do you think, though, that your next book might be about three gorgeous um, female podcast true crime hosts who entangle in some real life crime? There's a <laughs> really good plot. Genius. Cut that bit out of there. <laughs> steal that. Is there yeah. anything you sort of stu- you read recently that you thought was pretty interesting? As in... Give us a creep oh, nugget. Oh, right, right, right. Well, I listened to Parcast Cults recently. So mm. I suppose that's a bit different because it's cults and there's an end to each story. So like, you know, stories like the Charles Manson story that I've often heard of him, but I didn't know exactly what happened. And they went through the whole thing and descri- and you're just trying to get Jesus, your head I've around. Jesus, i and breathed it. Like, I need to really? just... I need to cut it off. That's yeah. like my comfort lesson <laughs> is the You Must Remember Manson series by You Must Remember This. Oh, Very yeah, good. yeah, yeah. Ooh. It's stunningly good. Okay. I think I've consumed every bit of media it, around Charles Manson. And like if anyone's ever spoken to me for longer than 10 minutes, I've told them about that podcast. Wow. There is, um, and also the fictionalized book, The Girls, is brilliant as mm. well. You've mm. read that, haven't yeah, you? Read yeah, read it. About the controversy the, about the girls. Why? Oh, she was accused of plagiarism by an ex-boyfriend. Oh, oh. I didn't hear that. Who sounds like a creep too. Oh. But so can I ask about the web forums? Like, do you know the way in The Sleeper Lies, they are like actually actively going after different unsolved cases Mm. and trying to like piece together new information? Mm. Does that really happen? I think it happens in in web sleuths for sure. Um, Not really in the Facebook group. So my Facebook group are fictional and a little bit more you know serious about trying to piece it together. The Facebook group I'm in, the Armchair Detective one, they share 
articles and they discuss theories, okay. but they're not really going to the level of having boxes of documents, or mm-hmm. at least not that they've admitted online. So they'd be really like, they, I think they're based in Canada and there seems to be a lot of Canadian serial killers, a lot of murder up there by the sounds of it. You know about um, the famous female serial yeah. killer? She, yeah. We still have to cover her. She's Carla Hamalka. Absolutely mm. an amazing We're just now darkness. just talking about her every week. <laughs> I can't, I know, we, just, we need to sort of get her out of our system (laughs) she came up in about six different podcasts that I was listening to she seems to be all over the place it's the don't fuck with cats Netflix yeah 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 yeah, she is such that corner of the internet though too isn't she and Laura Prepon um, played her in a biopic years ago just called Carla Mm -hmm. have Mm -hmm. a watch if you want to just live with those images forever. Pre- I've got them inside me. I'm oh. fine. It's okay. It's <laughs> fine. <laughs> I'm fine. Totally but you know the fine. way like the murder squad um, in LA just like solved a cold case with all crowdsourced info and stuff like that. No. No. They've made a big, I was like, God, they won't shut up about this. But obviously I'm just in the right algorithm uh-huh. um you know um paul holes who yes. co-wrote um michelle, michelle mcnamara's, McNamara's book uh-huh. another comfort list and i love that yeah um he started a podcast called the murder squad it, that's on the mfm network and their whole thing is cold cases and kind of crowdsourcing the sleuthery and things like mm-hmm. that and obviously with the golden state killer being caught the way he was seems to be like uh, like almost like do you know the way like none of us could conceive of being an influencer when we were younger mm-hmm. do you think like our kids will be like oh yeah I'm an amateur sleuth <laughs> I would <laughs> hope so <laughs> that would be so good like oh, oh my god I'm going to get all of your children little max and magnifying glasses and start them young <laughs> Rufus is 800,000 followers on YouTube and he's an amateur sleuth or something I don't know do you know what I mean is yeah. it a viable option these oh, days yeah my, my <laughs> kid's grandmother my mother-in-law was a private investigator no. yeah yeah so, so she was female private investigator mm. how many years ago would that be like she stopped years ago it was her father's agency and she took over it. A private agency. So it's it's gone a long time now. But she wrote a book about it because she was Ireland's first PI. female private investigator. So I always tell my kids, oh, you've got detective blood in you. So that, yeah, they like a bit of detective. So it's a private investigator. They come up with loads of your plot points. Sorry, I've just noticed you talking about it the odd time, like... Where the seven-year-old's just like nailed mm. a breakthrough. Oh, they're good. Because they have a really simple way of looking Is at it. Is he like things. recommending different weapons? And <laughs> yeah, he'd be great with the weapons. He's strong on weapons, dynamite for everything, which isn't that useful for domestic noir yeah, and like, no, little suburban. Yeah, yeah. But no, they're good. Kids are very handy. I mean, they got to pay their way. So, yeah. <laughs> That's true. Uh, Sorry, you were about what to was say I about to and say? I got excited. Can't remember. Private investigation yeah, so agency. private investigation is not a police force. It's a private entity. Yeah, yeah, hey, yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. So you can just ex-police, isn't it? Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Now he wasn't ex-police, but the, he used to. They used to provide security for. Um, I think Muhammad Ali or someone came here a really long time ago, and they were providing security for him. But a lot of it then was like divorce cases, affairs, oh that kind yeah. of thing. So oh. there wasn't like a lot of espionage in Ireland back in those days or now, presumably. That we know. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that was what she did. That Amazing. was her job. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. That is cool. I mean, now you could definitely, and like you say, the crowds, crowdsourcing thing. Yeah. You could just pick a mystery, generate enough interest in it via mm. social media, fund yourself to investigate it and then have kind of this live streaming updates 
of and that could be sort of a job you mm-hmm. could do. Could How she's trying to make it work with the Somerset man? <laughs> the Somerset man? I'm trying to just find out more detail on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. had updates. And um, but no, do you know what we did get a lot of updates on? Which is, and I think is. I mean, this whole private investigator thing, like a lot of podcasters who do invest true crime, you know, the teacher's pet and serial and stuff, mm. when they put them out, they get more information back. And one thing, when you guys were upstairs and we were in Cork, a lot of our Cork um, listeners were telling me updates on what they, on their theories of the West Cork podcast. Ah, so like yeah. local Bill. info. What was the? You can't, it's, sla- oh, it's, cast. Yeah. it's defamation. I can't say anything. You can't say it on air. Can you say, okay, here's a question. Pizzas can, to die for? You can just not answer, right? Um, do those people think he did it or not did? They think it's he's innocent. Yeah. Some of them think he's innocent. Mm-hmm. But it is so looks guilty. I know, but apparently the thing is that there's a bit of narcissism there. The horse there. theory. No, not necessarily the horse theory, but also not the theory of the other woman. I, I didn't talk I don't about know it after my... How? Okay. <laughs> and they're local people in the area, of course. Yeah. yeah. They're just, they're like... And your man is courting constantly um, attention. So yeah. yeah, that sort of fits with his... What looks to be his MO. Are you, are you up on the... I listened to about half the podcast. What? And then... Stopped. You weren't sucked in. Yeah, I wasn't. You know what had happened? I had listened to Serial and it just you were destroyed looking for a lot of cereal. other podcasts for me. I needed okay. Sarah same. Koenig to be the person talking gotcha. to me after that. So I reckon, yeah. go, give it another shot. It is yeah. so yeah. satisfying. Mm. Oh, I thought it was great. It's kind of slower to get going, I thought, than Serial was. And probably. That was, I was yeah. kind of going, come on, come it's on. Like you probably didn't have the America kind mm. of... Yeah, know. no, I'll go and back it to have, it. It didn't seem to have the question in it. Like, it seemed to be... It's very... People either believe he did it or didn't. It's not as divisive where Serial brings you on a journey where mm-hmm. you think, you know, there's a line mm. in Serial where it's like, well, if he didn't do it, he's the unluckiest person in the world. Mm. Like... There's that kind of did he didn't he? I he think did within it. people <laughs> he did it. Do I've I always been a he did it? I can't even fucking remember to be honest. I've I've digested so much other gore. True since. crime. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen. Thank you so much for joining us, Andrea. <laughs> thank you for having Everyone me. Everyone get the Sleeper Lies out sixth of February. It's brilliant. It's like a kind of family drama meets web sleuthing meets super creepy, creepy location of Wicklow in the big snow <laughs> of 2018. Oh, it was nice. absolutely genius. Oh. The main character is snowed in alone in a remote area and it's it's a creeping Female, thread. male? Female. Female. Yeah. Sounds like something I'd be really into. It's really, really good. Test go. this. Is there an audiobook option? Uh, there will be, but There will be yet. soon. Cool. <laughs> Very exciting. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Thanks for coming. Thank Can't wait for the next one. No pressure. So this is where it ends for all you. Thanks for coming. <laughs> <laughs> See you next week. For our beloved patrons. Swing on over to the Creep Hive for some uncut juice from Jen this week. You've got a um, Twitter and you've unread. You've got a vagina story, Jen. Oh, thanks. I've a, I've a, I'm reading it blind. <laughs> You're reading it blind. It's going to be fun. I can't a wait. Blind it was date. sent in by one of our listeners. With a Twitter feed. Thanks for coming. See you next week. Don't forget to patronise us if you want to. Patreon.com forward slash creepdive at divecreep on Twitter at the creepdive on Instagram. Thanks very much. Bye. Thank you. 
selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.